This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome to the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis with me in the garage. My bosom buddy, Bob Castrone. Hey, buddy. Hey, Dan. How are you tonight? Empty inside. <laughs> you look empty inside. I got nothing. I can tell. I can tell you have nothing happening in your soul, like in your heart. Yep. In your soul. Only a bosom buddy could truly know that. No, I look into your eye. I look deep into those baby blue eyes. Nothing there. And I see just emptiness. Nothing there. A lot of disappointment. It starts to build. Okay. And then it it, 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 it gets to like a breaking point. Or right, like right. A, the wave is getting bigger and bigger. And then it comes down on you, crashes down. And then there becomes a new resting area for the water. That's where I am now. It's just kind of like you're a little bit underwater. You're just trying to stay alive. And then you're wondering, why don't I just slip below this, the, beneath the surface? I'm just getting this beautiful image of those beautiful baby blues peeking out above the blue water. Like is that like disappearing forever? And then and then slowly going down. Yeah, yeah. So good. Uh, Things are going well. <laughs> uh yeah, the throwback podcast. Thank you to everyone that's been listening and uh, uh and leaving comments on uh our iTunes page. If you give us ratings and reviews, uh it really helps. We have the people at Headgum very cruel in the way they treat us. <laughs> Uh, beatings are handed out if we don't hit a certain star level, certain comment markers. So please help us. Uh, I don't think Bob can take too many more beatings. No, Amir has like brass knuckles. Like he, he did, like they're on him at all times. He's like an eighties bad guy. Yeah. And he just like puts his hand in his pocket. And then when he comes out brass yeah. and then just like beats the fuck out of him. He's you. literally the first enforcer ever with the last name Blumenfeld. <laughs> Total enforcer. <laughs> Uh, this, uh, episode is, that was like vaguely anti-Semitic. Yeah. But it's, it's the vaguely thing that I, that's how I get away with it. Okay. Plus you're Jewish. Right. And so by proxy, I'm just off the hook. Okay. Yeah. You know what? As a, as a half Jew that rounds up to Jew, cause my mom is Jewish. I go. will, I will allow it. So your mom is the reason why that was okay. Yes. Ultimately. Yeah. So you can thank Linda for yeah, your anti-Semitism. Thank you, Linda. You're the best. Shout out to Linda, Bob's mom. Uh, <laughs> this is Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's week on the Throwback Podcast. We're going to be talking about uh, their breakthrough, Fever to Tell, one of my favorite albums of the aughts, Bob. So, uh, and again, another female singer. Yep. And leader of the band. So anybody that's like, you guys are a bro podcast, uh, three words, go fuck yourself. Yep. Please. Please. If you if you may. If you may, go fuck yourself because intercourse yourself. We told you we were gonna get around to the ladies, to the females, and we're doing it. And you know I'm excited, Bob, because the Atlant we're we're gonna run out of uh artists soon, and that means the Atlantis Morissette podcast is coming up soon. That I am really pumped about. You're just gonna be boxed into a corner and have to do Atlantis, and I can't wait. I'm excited about Atlantis as well. I don't think we're ever gonna run out of artists. I think that this can go on for decades. And at some point, we're going to get down to like Marcy Playground. <laughs> we'll be doing like we'll just that song. We'll just keep playing Sex and Candy. We're going to do like again. the second Fastball album. <laughs> like we'll find things like we'll never be done with this. Is the second Fastball album the one that has like, am I out of my head and I'm out of my mind? No, that's the first Fastball oh, album. No, we don't even get that one. No, nope, that was the first one. 
That the, our podcast, which was sampled, that was like the biggest one of the biggest songs of the summer. That was like sampled by uh, I think the dude's name was like Machine Gun Kelly, and it was like a really good song. Huh. So fastball still bringing in the bucks. Um, but we're not talking about fastball today, or Machine Gun Kelly, or Alanis Morissette. <laughs> we are talking about uh, the Yeah Yeah Yeahs and Baba. Can you give us, by way of history, uh, when Fever to Tell came into our lives? I can. Fever to Tell came out in April. 2003 uh yes bob we were just young boys entering the world and what else was happening when fever to tell hit record uh shelves shelves is that a thing shores i don't know shores maybe well most excitingly uh live tyler remember live tyler remember well i would have to remember she's always on my mind she married the dude from space hog yes yeah 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 Bonus points if you remember the name, uh, the lead singer of Space Hog's name. I wrote it down and bolded it. Isn't it a female name? No, it's like not, it's barely a human name. It's Royston Langston. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Come what back. Kind of, to what kind of female? Name. What kind of female do you know named Royston? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, by the way, it, I think it says a lot about who you are, or kind of not who you are, but what your type is, based upon the famous Aerosmith trilogy. Uh, whether you were Alicia girl, Alicia Silverstone, Alicia. of course. I called her Alicia. Or Live Tyler. All right, now it's just now it's just <laughs> insulting. No, that's how that's how I pronounce Again, it's really tomato, tomato. Uh, were you more in the Live Toiler or <laughs> Alicia Silverstein? Oh, my God. You're like a first-generation Mac computer trying to speak <laughs> what I type. Uh, no, I mean, I was in love with Alicia during Crying. And uh, what came out next? Amazing. Amazing came out next. It's amazing. And so, you know, I was like all in, like in love with her. And then Crazy came out and just, you know, introduced me and the rest of the world to Liv Tyler. Mm -hmm. And my allegiance shifted pretty, pretty quickly. Isn't it wasn't it always kind of weird? Well, there, Alicia got a little weird, too, because she, we learned that she was regurgitating food into the mouths of her. That children. didn't come till way, way later. I know, She's but, like a super vegan who like, you know, kind of goopy mom blog kind of yeah. celebrity. But wasn't it weird the way Louv Towler was so um, sexualized in for a band and the lead singer was her father? Was that always a little bit weird? Just like a little bit strange? No, it was a lot strange. Yeah. But I guess when your dad is Steven Tyler. Like, what's your what's your like baseline? Right. Like, it's going to be weird. It was also kind of a makeup. I'll give you a career thing, because I'm pretty sure that she didn't even know Steuben Toiler um, <laughs> until she was like 16 or 17. And that video came out when she was like 20. So it wasn't like that she grew up together. So maybe it made that it better, actually that actually makes it creepier. I think Yeah, it does make. It yeah, worse. it makes it a little creepier. Uh, that was around the same time as Empire Records, which um, I emailed you this week that we have to do the Empire Records soundtrack. Yeah, at some point. I would love to. She was amazing in that. But I would love to. I'm glad I let off with that story and not that also in April, uh, the U.S. troops captured Baghdad and Saddam Hussein's regime fell two days later. Mission accomplished. Yep. Well, that didn't happen until May 1st was the Mission Accomplished banner. Oh, OK. See, I That's learned. I learned you got pulled down. Though. Yes, correct. Yeah. Uh, and finally. Uh, I feel like we should be a little topical here. Talk about Playboy. Playboy not magazine. My no, no, not that topical. Oh, okay. Talk about how, you know, Hugh Hefner, R.I.P. Yep. Cover of Playboy that month. It was the sex and music issue. Do you want to guess who was on the cover in uh, April 2003? Sex and music. So it would be a hot chick in the 
music industry? Is that how it works? Almost. But yeah, I guess that was never actually a Playboy subscriber. Um, uh, Attractive female 2003. Let's go with Sophie B. Hawkins. Comeback (laughs) vehicle. I don't know. What? Uh, Carmen Electra. Really? Yeah, it was too late in 2003. Yeah. But uh, late period Electra in a big spot. The headline was Carmen Electra bears her fender. Which I feel like is really stretching for some sort yeah, of like they really wanted some sort of sexual thing there, but they didn't have anything to go with, so they were like, "That's Fen- what killed Hugh Hefner." Fender that headline, that headline. It that took like fifteen years. <laughs> it finally sunk in. Like he was walking past that magazine cover in like the study, <laughs> and he saw it, and he just keeled over and died because it was such a bad headline. <laughs> and Rest finally, the number one song when "Fever to Tell" by the Yeah Yeah Yeahs came out was this it's banger. My turn. My turn. You know what's weird about Indie Club? This is on the short list, and we did Hey Ya recently, which kind of wasn't even a hip hop song that just crossed all barriers. It was like a Prince hit. Um... This was maybe arguably was the biggest hip hop hit of that decade. Yeah, I would I, say so. I get why it was such a huge hit, but I never really liked the song that much. I never really? quite got why it was so beloved because it, it's not my favorite song. It's not my favorite 50 Cent song by a long shot. Whenever we hit these like 2003, 2004 uh, number one singles, I feel like every time I say the same thing, like I was at MTV and the song was constantly on repeat. This one, I think, puts all the other ones to shame. This was on constantly, and I was in a cubicle with a guy named Rocky, and every time it came on, and it would come on like three times an hour, Rocky would just stop what he was doing and raise his hands in the air and dance along <laughs> to it without fail. If you, Yeah, if you weren't of age, if you weren't you know, a high school kid or a college kid or older when that song comes, it's, it's hard to properly contextualize how big Into Club was by 50 Cent. It was huge. It was a monster single. Um, Nobody was singing about being into club until then. He really revolutionized <laughs> being into club. Yeah. And and his career didn't really. He never approached those heights again. Put it that way. But good for you, 50. He did a job right. with the vitamin water. He did all right. He's not good at uh, throwing a baseball, but he's done pretty well. No, at everything he's else. not good at throwing a baseball. One of the worst first pitches ever. Yep. But we're not talking about 50 cent today, Dan Hansis. We're not. No, we're talking about a New York-based band that put out one of the best albums of the decade. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and that band, <laughs> keep no, going. No, we, they know already. All right, so, here yeah, we go. Yes, yeah, listen. Like, listen once she starts singing. We're just going to talk right up to it? Yeah, no, now listen. This okay. is it. Track one, Rich, Fever to Tell. One of my, you know, I like to, one of the fun things I like to do with music is like, who is this generation so-and-so? I feel like for our generation, Karen O was our uh, Chrissy Hine. 
That sounds right. I thought you were going to say Blondie, and I'm glad you didn't, because I think that... Um, she would have fucking tore my ass apart if I did. Yeah, no, I, we would have just thrown down right here. Yeah. I would have amazed you. I meant you. like a gay sex act. Oh. You were going to like, fuck me if I said Blondie. And I was like, Bob. That would be an extreme reaction to that. Uh, no, I think Chrissy Hind is way more astute of an observation. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. Yeah, she's tough. She's got balls. She's tough. She's brassy. Yep. She could probably, you know, fuck you up if you uh, crossed her. And uh, she's just, you know, she was exactly my, she's exactly the type of, like, cool chick to be on the scene in the alternative music world at that time. There's, is, was there anybody else threatening the crown of Karen O as the top female artist of that scene? Who even was in the battle yeah not on top definitely not I'm trying to think of who else was even in the running at this point you had your one friend in the Lower East Side what was her name uh that was <laughs> Callie from The Affair Callie from The Affair is who was who only... knew Car- who knew Carano who went to Oberlin with Carano yeah so they were she all connected hated her no they were they were cool oh, they were buddies yeah they were all cool yeah I had a feeling it's funny because I had a feeling listening to the yeah 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 as The Affair would come up and I started thinking about that you thought the affair would come up? I actually yeah, did yeah, think yeah, the affair was going to come up. So uh, this is a little niche, but I enjoy it. Go if on. If people don't know the affair, I'm going to I'm going to talk about Pitchfork Media, which you know I have a love hate relationship with. <laughs> Mostly hate. The affair put out one album called Yes Yes to You, around the same time that this came out. Yeah yeah yes yeah, to you. It was actually called. Got nope. Got a got like a seven plus on Pitchfork. Like a, did it really? A great oh, debut album great. score because it's an amazing album. And Callie was the lead singer, another brassy female who, in my opinion, could have taken down Karen O. Hmm. If the time would have come, if, if, if it all were to work out. But uh, well, if you've never heard The Affair, things. go listen to The Affair. Check out The Affair. Yeah, they had a lot of great songs. And uh, our other buddy back in the day, uh, Mark, he was the drummer of that group. Yep. Um, I just thought of who would be the, the battle, though, the battle royale. You talk about like Tupac versus Biggie. Fuck that. Uh, and, and it's like I hate I hate how the business pits females against each other. That's not right. No, I'm doing it right now. Pit him. Give me a Karen O versus Jenny Lewis for all the money. Wait a minute, that's like totally different types of music. Not music. I'm talking the top lady of the alternative rock scene. <laughs> oh, so you're trying to like like Queen Elizabeth, like Miss like Elizabeth? The queen. Who's the queen of the scene? Okay, I mean Karen O was the queen of the scene. Definitely. You think she beat out? Jenny, yeah. this album was hmm. tremendous. So Fever to Tell, like, was and it still is like regarded as like one of the best albums of the decade by everybody that matters, including Pitchfork Media. Death. See, you do really do have a love hate relationship because they almost <laughs> for you justifies good reviews. It's very important to you. It seems. How big was this album? NME, NME rated Fever to Tell the number five best album of the decade. Hmm. Nominated for a Grammy Award for best alternative music album. Certified gold in the U.S. and the U.K. The New York Times, Dan. Yeah, well, that's the paper of record, Bob. Shows Fever to Tell as the best album of 2003. I I will, t- and we're going to get to it. It's coming up a little later. One of my favorite random track sequences in the history of popular music in my lifetime, which it's is weird. It's, pretty right, big. Yeah, let's, uh, let's play the next song. It's weird how big into numbers you are when you're so bad at math. Isn't it? It's, yeah. Yeah, that is it, uh, one big, like... Riddle that you have to unpack, Bob. Don't want to unpack it. Um, 
this album contains, without giving it away, one of the best um, songs ever in the decade. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's listen to track two, Date with a Nate. The first single. Oh, yeah, it's good. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. She has such a great voice and also um, so emotive and just nobody like her. She did a great job. She was out in front of this band. I know she wasn't her alone. I think Nick Zinn, I think is the Zinner. What is it? I got it Zinner. Right. Zinner. Uh, but she is, her personality is all over these songs. Yeah, and she does this better than anybody. Nobody even comes close. She does that throughout the album in different songs, but just hearing her like repeat that same thing and yell, and it's fucking great. This is like great 2003 punk music. Do you remember the first time you heard the AAS? Like, were you in right away? Like, I was. I definitely remember. I have a random memory of. I definitely got the album when Maps started blowing up, and then. Um, I remember playing it for my brother on Easter Sunday in my car, and is that like, what you guys do on Easter? Is that what <laughs> listen to Catholics do is at high volumes and celebrate Jesus's uh, rebirth? Um, did it? Was it a rebirth? No. Ooh. Came out of that. Wait, this is rusty. So it's you bad. crucified him on a Friday. I personally did not. Saturday. You pointed at me when you said that. Sunday. I did not do it. <laughs> no, he was risen on Sunday. Easter right. Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Anyway, so. Um, remember playing it for my brother um, and really kind of being proud of it being like this album that I love. This is such a great record. Oh my god! This is one of those albums because your brother is how old is Kevin now? Kevin is Kevin Danger Hansis is now thirty years old. And I have a little sister who is twenty-two, turning twenty-three. And this is one of those albums I remember introducing her to when it came out because mm. I was the cool older brother. And it was only a couple of years later that I stopped being cool and she became cool. And it's weird how quickly that happened. But like this <laughs> it happens quickly. It happens really quickly. I didn't I've never had like a younger like sister or like a younger cousin to introduce music to. But if I had a chance to introducing yeah, 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 would be like a home run choice because she's kind of like she, I, Karen o is like a badass woman like. So here, here we go. Is that, is that what you were attempting to do, Bob? So I was like, here are strong women for <laughs> you to emulate. Is that what you were going for? I think I was just trying to be cool to everybody. I was like living in New York. I was like, hey, check this out. It's the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, Bob's was like, I don't see, uh, I don't see dick. I don't see titties. I don't see black. I don't see white. I'm Bob Castrone. That's what you used to say a lot. What I did. I had a T-shirt that said that. I never said it out loud. I had a T-shirt that I made. That said that, which was a really weird thing. Very strange. Track three uh, is called Man. I feel like there was an entire city filled with women 
when this album came out, like living in the Lower East Side and Brooklyn that just wanted to be Karen O. There were a lot of Karen No's. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they were really going for it. Yes. But could not pull it off. We went through like a phase uh, about 10 <laughs> years ago it was now where we would find different people who were attempting it, sometimes it just kind of kind of looked like them but a lesser version but sometimes or sometimes it would be like some maybe a girl singer at a club was attempting to rip off Carano and she was a Carano. Yeah, I think we noticed that even that happened even more when we moved out here to LA because there was such like a conscious effort it seemed like from certain people to be celebrities. Right. So you would see somebody who like showed up to a bar like not just looking like Owen Wilson, but like really trying to look like Owen Wilson, and yeah. you'd be like, "Oh, that's Owen Wilson." Owen Wilson. Like it just happened all the time out here. I remember going to a, a bar in Hollywood, and I think it was a karaoke night, and there was a a girl was trying to sell her uh, jagged little pill. Speaking of which, um, performance a little too hard. It was Alanis More is Less. <laughs> I like anyway, that one. It was funny. We enjoyed it and we laughed about it when we were younger. I'm still proud of when I saw Almost Deaf <laughs> at a 7-Eleven. Uh, that also got ruined in L.A. was karaoke. Karaoke was ruined. In- oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Share your so feelings much- on this because I agree with them totally. I know where you're going with Because in New York, you go to these you know, mostly Japanese karaoke bars and everybody That's just not ta- typecast, Bob, but go on. That's what we would go to. Oh, yeah, Sing yeah, yeah, Sing right, right. and it's not typecast Jap is 55. And you would go to this crowded bar full of other people who don't know how to sing or don't care whether or not they know how to sing. And somebody would hand you a mic and you would yell out a song. I would yell Ario Speedwagon, keep on loving you. Right. And get a big applause and hand it to the next guy who also cannot sing like me. And it was like a fun, drunk night out. In L.A., everybody goes up there ready to be discovered. And it just kills karaoke. Yes. There's two things working. You're hitting on. Um, the worst, the worst scenario is that, which is, um, someone literally looking around and hoping that this is their success story and how it all begins. But there's also basically, if you understand like what's the scene is, what the scene is, uh, in Los Angeles is that everyone that was the star of their high school plays, like that's basically LA is like. Everyone and some people that are stars of their high school plays, there's a reason why is because they really had to have future star uh, talent to them. And those are the people that become successful. But there's a lot of people that start in their high school plays. that aren't actually talented, but they were able to get the lead in their plays in their high school in Iowa. Yeah, their high school did not have a lot going on. So they moved to L.A. and they struggle to get work and they have to become waiters or waitresses and all that. But then Friday night comes. No, let's be honest. It's probably a Sunday night because they had to work Friday night. They're fucking shifts <laughs> at the bar. Deal with it. What? Why am I being aggro again? So aggro. All right. It's Sunday night, though. And they kind of push their friends. Let's do karaoke because let's face it. It's their only chance yeah, to perform. This is why val- I came validation. Here. I'm going to stand up there. You it's know, dark. Man. Me. It's getting really dark. Yeah. 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 Karen O does not deserve that in this podcast. I would not. Well, we both have sons, um, which isn't to say that our sons wouldn't want to go into acting, but I would, I just, in general, like, I don't know why it'd be even more scary having a daughter that wanted to be an actress, maybe because this injury, that industry is really fucked up, but I don't, it's, it's tough industry. Unless you're Steven Tyler. And then it's like, I want my daughter to be a sex symbol and I'm going to put her in my music video. Steve, come on, bro. 
Tick. Yeah, let's talk about Tick. And okay. let's talk about our Spotify playlist real quick. Just okay. If you're a first-time listener, every episode we pick one song and we add it to our Throwback Podcast official Spotify playlist. Uh, we try not to go with the number one singles. Uh, we try to, you know, try to get into the album, find a either underappreciated gem or just something that, you know, it's not the obvious choice. Yeah. I'm just going to start the conversation now. I loved this song tick when I got this album this was one of the ones I have a really strong memory of just listening to it walking to the subway it's everything the yeah yeah yeahs do right yeah I love it I love it let's listen to it a little bit more One of the things I love about this album is that it's it's not. They definitely weren't trying to score like top ten singles. This is a very pure like New York coming out of a certain scene, kind of like a punk alternative vibe to it, and it's just fun. It's great. I like, for instance, like I don't have, and maybe this speaks to, like, that I don't have a deep palette of like punk type background music. Uh, when I have look at my like collection of music, but this album connected with me immediately, and I'm not even somebody that would necessarily be into this type of music, but it was just so well done. It just it it just struck me as so unique. Yeah, it's very digestible punk. It is punk music. It's very like digestible punk music, which is what I thought was so interesting about that New York scene when we were living there. Is you had these bands like the AAS and the Strokes, who were doing versions of punk music, but adding a second guitar or adding more of a melody and making it more accessible. And it didn't sound like punk. I mean, it was punk, but it had like a different thing to it. And the yeah, yeah, yeah really hit that perfectly. This uh, just, and in kind of the punk spirit of it all, there are one, two, three, three songs under two minutes, several under several others under two thirty. It is very in and out, and uh, we're making our point, and there's not going to be an instrumental breakdown. We're not going to run the chorus back right now. Like, if this podcast started with Be Here Now, like, this is the opposite side of the spectrum fever to tell. Uh, next track up. Now, this is this is one of the fun things about doing this podcast, Bob, is that sometimes um, we do albums that I truly love but haven't heard in a long time. This is one of those. And I remember Black Tongue being one of my favorites, but I can't even remember how it goes right You'll now. You'll know right away. All right, let's listen to it. Oh, yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I got it. Nailed it. I'll just say before we bring the sound back up, this is like a really hot song. Mm, that's sexy, Bob. Well, that's she, sexy, Bob talk. She is very hot in this. Mm, look at you, Bob. Don't look at me like that, but yeah. yes, I'll, I'll pump it up. But I remember listening to this and being like, can I listen to this out loud? Mm. Here we go. You ready? Okay, let's listen to it. I like it too. Uh-huh. 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 
you know what? Come on. Well, she knows exactly what she's doing. <laughs> Let's be honest. There's no. It's like, oh, the music, the song called for a certain type of character. It's like, no, you are, you're trying to evoke it's, an imagery in our in, in our heads. And it's it, just she so did a nice fucking job with it. confident, and so like, and that's why I think the confidence is what what made her an amazing front woman. And what made people want to go see them in concert, and they had like a great reputation for being an incredible live band. Wait, did she also die when she saw that Playboy cover and how horrible the headline was? Is it because I'm talking in past tense? Yeah. No, I'm just saying, I'm thinking back to that time where she just had this reputation of like, you have to go see the AAS live because she was so fucking confident and she just owned the stage. Unlike, oh, yeah. unlike anybody. Like, she just, every, every eye was on her. She didn't care. She fucking loved it. And to release a song like this on your first album where, you're just that confident. I mean, it's incredible. We saw um, we saw the AAS at Maxwell's, which was a, a very famous Hoboken uh, rock club that has since closed down, sadly. But um, uh, it was a very small, intimate room. And I remember this song, being more excited to hear this song than any other song they did. So it's definitely a, one of my favorites. Because you're a pervert. Um, yeah, basically, at the heart of it, that's what it was about. You know what? It's so sad because... I don't have great memories of that concert. Because your drug problem at the time. Are we going to get into that on this show? No, we're going to save that. We're going to save that. Saving your drug, <laughs> drug, drug addiction drug for problem. another show. No, um, it's because we got there. We got stuck in the back. and I remember, It wasn't a big room. It's it, no, like no, it's a garden. tiny room, but that yeah. was the problem. Was It was such a small room, and it was like all one level. So being stuck in the back, like it was so hard to see the stage. It wasn't like there was no elevation for her like yeah. it was kind of like we were all on the same level and it was like really just the whole time just kind of trying to peek between people to see what was happening right but in addition to your heroin habit you're five foot two so it was like a very i'm just gonna continue <laughs> to slander you with like false facts about your background i'm fine with that i want our audience to think i'm a very tortured man like i have a very like interesting past yeah and i am a dwarf <laughs> it's very it's a tough situation um I do. Well, I, I will give you this, Bob. I don't necessarily remember being frustrated by the experience, but I very clearly remember being in the very back of the room. Yes. Um, but what can you do? What are you going to do, Bob? A lot of people would have killed to be in that spot, Bob. That no, I was, it, it sounded great, but I wish I could have you know, had a better experience. All right. Moving here's on. Good, here's the good news, though. Yes, Bob. <laughs> uh, they're going to come to L.A. soon. Who's they? The yeah, yeah, yes. I thought they broke up. No, they're doing two shows this year in New York and L.A. And they have they're reissuing Fever to Tell in like really? a, in like a month. Yeah, like a whole box. Oh, set. no. Oh, no. Is Fever to Tell 15 years old next year? Yep. Oh, no. We're getting old. We are old. Yep. Big, oh, no. Big old box set coming. I hate these anniversary things that keep hitting us. <laughs> it was one thing when it was 10 years, but 15 years old. That That's like when our dads are like. Oh, yeah. Crosby, Stills, and Nash reunion tour 20 years. Like, what? What the fuck is wrong with you? How old are you? That's but us. No, that's us. That's <laughs> us with the yeah, yeah, yeahs. Now, I'm on youdiscovermusic.com. Nearly 15 years later, the yeah, yeah, yeahs and passion debut album Fever to Tell is getting the deluxe vinyl reissue it truly mm. deserves. Mm. Mm. It's happening, man. Next track is called Pin. In pure punk ethos, a lot of these track names are... You know, certain things get on my radar, Bob. One word titles. Love numbers, hate math. Do you remember the last time we did an album that had a lot of one word song titles? That would be Pearl Jam's 10. Very, very astute, Bob. Let's move on. Yep. Oh, yeah, another good one. 
if you had the choice, Bob, I'll give you the year 1993 to 2007 to choose to have one six-month relationship with any female popular musician. And oh, wow. In terms okay. of how, like, not only your attraction level to the woman and, and hitting it off, but also how it would, what kind of social circles it would put you in and, and how it would make you feel about yourself. Is Karen O in the discussion? Because it feels like it's kind of hard to have, like, a, a cooler, like, girlfriend than Karen O. You're saying 93 to 07? Yeah, I'll give you the, that whole period. All right. A cooler girlfriend. No, I mean, there's there are very few people who are probably cooler than her. But I'll give you my final four. Just, okay. All right, here we go. Uh, Shirley Manson. Oh, man. The accent would be a little annoying to deal with. You think so? Yeah, it'd be a little bit like, come on, clean that up. <laughs> clean it up. It was like the Scottish. Like, ah, let's get some haggis. Uh, all right. So Always say, yelling for haggis would be get a little <laughs> old after a while. I'm only happy. Give me haggis. Surely, but you know I do have a weakness for redheads. Bob, no, I so know you do. I get, I get where you're coming and from. Haggis. So and haggis. Like I love that. You're probably what is all that boiled in. sausage. <laughs> you're probably all in for that. <laughs> Isn't uh, it like blood sausage or something? Haggis or goat? I have no idea. You're the Irish guy here. You should know that Scottish is not Irish, Bob. I mean, you're That's closer. Racist. You're All right, closer. I'm going to look up Haggis while you continue your uh, Mount Rushmore. No, you need to be paying attention to everything I say. I don't want you looking up blood sausage. I'm doing both. While I'm talking about, well, we're taking this big diversion for me to think of four uh, women I loved between 93 and 07. Ew, this is fucking gross. <laughs> that, that Shirley, we're do- wait, that we're doing this? Sure, no, or Shirley that? Manson. Haggis is a savory pudding containing sheep's pluck. What does Which that mean? is heart, liver, and lungs minced with onion, oatmeal. What is wrong with you people? Suet, spices, and salt mixed with stock. Traditionally encased in the animal's stomach? <laughs> what decade is this? What century? Anyway, is, what else, Bob? Is that a thing people really eat, or is that just like a stereotype we have of people that that's what they eat? Basically, groundskeeper Willie from The Simpsons is the right. only person I know that actually eats haggis. It's like Vegemite. Is that a thing that people really, really eat? I do know that from my successful podcast that I do, the Around Wait, the NFL podcast. Never heard of um, it. I, we have a listener, multiple, a lot of listeners in Australia, and uh, we were sent Vegemite once, which we still have. It's hideous, disgusting, uh, but it's very popular there. Wow. It's so gross. So gross. But right, it's, me, it's, you know, it depends on the palate and where you're from. Let me, uh, all right, so let me just, let me burn through this so we could figure this out. Yeah. I'm going to play Cold Light. For now. Shirley Manson. Feel good about that one. The haggis thing is a definite concern. And the accent, which is just like, come on already with this accent. Gwen Stefani. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no Natural doubt. Era. Yeah. Great. Um, cool chick. Uh, OC thing's a little annoying. It's like, oh, Anaheim is where it's at. It's like, calm down with the Anaheim stuff. Uh, the bass player from Stella Star. Okay, you could have that. I don't even. I, don't even, I barely <laughs> I remember the band. I definitely don't remember the bass loved player. Loved her. And um, yeah, I guess Karen O. Okay. Jenny Lewis, you really are anti Jenny Lewis. It's because she didn't get a great Pitchfork media. I love Jenny Lewis, rating. but I just I don't know. I, maybe it's because I just think about her now as like this more country music sort of. Wasn't always Folksy. that way, my friend. I know, it's true. All right. 
There you go. That's your Mount Rushmore. So wait, Karen O. And that was even kind of just like a shrug of the yeah, shoulders. Yeah, that was a shrug. Yeah, I don't feel great about that. Gwen Stefani, early period I mean, Stefani. how did I skip over Jewel? You know, I feel like I'm not happy you with You have a in this? <laughs> yeah. I'm the only person that says Jewel's last name. Only. I loved her in like 95. <laughs> Come on. I did too. Though. Yeah. And who was the other one? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> okay. Did I say Cheryl Crow? Who knows? This is kind of an mf cold light to me. We can listen to it though. There's nothing wrong with it. Did you say Cheryl Crow? Yeah, we could do it to each other. I have a um, standing rule that anybody that banged Eric Clapton, <laughs> I will never have feelings for. Well, I guess you can't feel for anybody in the 70s or your mom. Whoa! Um, it's true. No, no, she told me. That's um, true, though. No, it is true. All right. So, you know, before the podcast, uh, I sent you, like, an email with a couple of fun so facts about, about the AAS. Yeah. And um, I, I sent that to spam. Yeah, you sent it directly to spam. But um, your immediate response was nice. Uh, the, the subject was Karen O. And your uh, response was nice. Let's objectify her. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, just peeling back the curtain a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I bring that up because if you look at the list of awards that the AAS have won mm-hmm. or been nominated for, mm-hmm. it really it makes me feel gross <laughs> being a guy because it's all Why? like because it's all like Karen O was like. I'm Bob Castrone's Mount Rushmore of chicks he wants to fuck. Basically, <laughs> it's like Spin Magazine votes her like the hottest babe of 03. Ooh, it's like that's all. That's oh, yeah. Oh, uh, Spin Magazine's Sex Goddess Award in 2004 and 2005. She went back to back? In two, Spin. In 2006. Come on, she, Spin. In 2006, she was named one of Rock's hottest women by Blender. It's like, come on. Well, do you want to, the connective tissue with all of these publications is that they no longer exist. It's true. <laughs> and I think that speaks volumes for what uh, the future holds for our podcast. <laughs> I wasn't, Bob, I wasn't objectifying with, the, with my question to you. I, what I was doing was asking you a girlfriend and everything that goes with being a girlfriend. It's not no, I know, carnal. I know. No, I don't feel bad about that at all. I mean, you took it in a, a very carnal way. I did not. No, I was thinking about which is, girlfriend. No. Frankly, disgusting to me but I was thinking about girlfriend which is why I did not include Jenny Lewis because she would be a bad girlfriend and the reason I asked the question was because there are other women that maybe that I'd want as my girlfriend but I don't think I'd ever feel cooler walking into a room than if it was Karen O was next to me walking into a room yeah that'd be pretty amazing Karen O she's just cool I love the keyboard player from the shout out louds I feel like we'd have a really great relationship She's not interested. Yeah, no. I like all the like secondary musicians, like the bass player from Star Spell Star, <laughs> Star <laughs> the keyboardist. Uh, it's like if you are not the lead singer, you are just doomed to be just be the, whatever your instrument is. Look, I wasn't the best guy, best looking guy growing up. I learned to aim a little lower. Like yeah. I'm not going for the front woman. Like I wasn't going. Like my. Like I'm not aiming for. The, I'm, I'm aiming yeah. for like the keyboard player. I thought you were gonna say that. Like when you were a kid, nobody knew your name. Women didn't know yours. Like, oh yeah, the guy with the rollerblades. 
<laughs> the guy with the hacky sack. I hope so. What were the two sticks or the three sticks that used to the play devil with sticks? The devil sticks. I was pretty good at that. Yeah, the guy with the devil sticks. He's cute. <laughs> Has anyone ever said that before? Yeah, definitely. If you are listening to the show and you even know what devil sticks are without having to Google it, please hit us up. Also, please don't Google it because then you'll think less of me if you do. You know, just had a lot of spare time. All right. No, no, no. I don't have a lot of memories of no, no, Me no. neither. Me neither. I have no memory of this, actually. Although there is a bit of irony that uh, the Yeah, Yeah, has put out a song called No, No, No. I get it. I get it, too. Yeah. All right. Which takes us to... We've done, this is like our 15th episode, Bob. We've no, done a lot of. This is of, like our 17th episode. Is it? Is it that many? <laughs> yeah, we're over. Yeah. Okay. Um, the song we're going to play now is one of my favorite songs of the last 20 years. That's it. I mean, I just want to set it up by just saying I, I couldn't be a big enough fanboy about how great this song is. All right. Let's just do it then. It's literally a perfect song. And if you don't okay. love this song, okay. go no, fuck just play the song. Self. Stop yelling at people. And if you listen to our podcast, they you know what you can do too. No, nobody, nobody deserves this. Just play the song. Okay. All right. Okay, I've calmed down a little bit. Yeah, no, I think I, I just got emotional. There's a lot of rage in your eyes. So right off the bat, it takes me right to playing rock band. Because this was a level one yes. song, and this opening right here, when we were living in Hollywood together, we would just get drunk and play this all the time. Too many times. It was really sad. It is pretty sad. All right, let's listen to this. Yep. I'm I feel like Regina Spector and I could really have like a solid, Spectre. a solid relationship. Spector should have been on your. It's too late now. No, it's not too late. I want to. I want to redo it. I feel nope. like we would really get along. I could see it working. And since I hadn't made my Mount Rushmore, I'll put Specter on. Oh it. fuck you. Um. Yeah, this is perfect. Yeah, this is so good. And obviously, everybody listening to this podcast has heard the song ten million times. And there's nothing I could say about it that they haven't thought or heard, but I'm going to try anyway. Go ahead. I killed a man to the song once. <laughs> Did no, you really? Okay. Um, no, I mean, just reading about it, you know, everybody knows like the video was, I'd say like for this decade, one of the more iconic videos. Yes. She starts crying real tears. It's yes. A very real moment. And uh, the story behind that, if you never heard, was that she was waiting for her boyfriend to come to the studio. And he was late, and she thought that she was getting blown off. So when she was, you know, doing performing the song over and over again, she started crying real tears, and they left it in the final cut. That's so cool. Yeah, that's that's perfect, and it's perfect uh, for what this song is about because it's so. I mean, it's so emotional. Like, oh, let's listen to a little bit more. But I can't even deal with this song. 
Um, this song is obviously the most well-known Yeah, Yeah, Yeah song. Uh, I believe... Um, it, let's see, a little background. 2009 voted Best Alternative Love Song of All Time by NME, which is a popular overseas publication. Rock and roll publication. I think it's like the Rolling Stone of the UK. Uh, it is lit, Bob, cover yours or listen up. This song was also listed at number six on Pitchfork Media's top 500 songs of the 2000s. Uh, it is also Rolling Stone ranked at the seventh best song of the 2000s. Um, and Emmy again ranked it at number one on their list of indie wedding songs. 20 perfect tracks for your first dance. That feels a little weird, but okay. I get it. I mean, it's better to dance to it at your wedding than be buried to it. Not a good song to be buried to. Unless, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. And then, okay, I want to play something for you right now, Bob. So I'm going to need the... Uh, you have it. Divi- oh, I have it. Oh, yeah. Yep. Stupid me. You have it. Okay, ready? Check this out. I don't know if you're aware of this, Bob. I don't know how plugged you're in. plugged in you are on this artist. There's no better, bigger stamp of approval in 2017 than having Beyonce sample you on Lemonade. It's like unassailable, critically unassailable. For you finally made it. It doesn't matter. All those other accolades yeah. mean nothing. And I, 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 I don't know if we've ever talked about this, Bob. I own Lemonade. I love Lemonade. We've never talked about no, this. And, and my wife loves Lemonade, and we listen to it. And um, I remember hearing the song and be like, I wonder if, they, if she properly credited Yeah, 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 as for what's obviously a lift. And uh, because you had to buy the physical CD if you didn't have the title subscription, bullshit. Uh, there it is, Karen Ostrowski or whatever her last name is. She's credited as a songwriter on Lemonade. There you go, the ultimate pop culture stamp of approval is showing up on a Beyonce album. I can't believe you would question whether or not I'd be plugged in on Beyonce. That's like a little offensive to me. Why? I mean, we we know why. You know why. <laughs> I'm trying to set it up, Bob. Go ahead. If there's anybody who's plugged in on Beyonce. Bob's been waiting three months for Beyonce me. to come up on this podcast. <laughs> Thank you for doing that because it's a fact that we have a connection. Go ahead. <laughs> Bob Castron is boilicious. <laughs> I like that you have that on your like command on your laptop. That was like 14 years ago, right? That was... What's the history about people should know? Because that is Beyonce talking about your ass. Yeah, that was Beyonce saying I'm bootylicious. So it's official that number one, bootylicious. Number two, never question my uh, relationship with Beyonce again. I'm plugged in. Well, I wasn't quite questioning your relationship with her. I forgot <laughs> that you very, had one, we apparently. Have a very close relationship. But you, um, wait, did Best Week ever get Beyonce in like the studio? No, this was, I was, I was doing it. That would have been a big poll. It would have been a big poll. I was working on a show called Teen People's 
25 hottest stars under 25. More objectification. Well, I mean, it wasn't hot, hot. It was, yeah. you know, like hot. Yo. No. <laughs> Is that better? <laughs> no. <laughs> Nick Cannon hosted it. Does that help? Makes it worse. Mandy Moore co-hosted, I think. A little better. Anyway, so um, I went to, I think it was the St. Regis Hotel. No, it was the Waldorf, obviously. Humble brag. To uh, interview Beyonce for this thing. It was right before her solo album came out. She was still with Destiny's Child. And I got to like hang out in her hotel room with her, her mom, and her sister. And Tina Knowles and, and the Solange, other... Solange, yeah. Solange? Yeah. Is it Solange? Uh, that's how I I've say I've been it. calling her Solange for about nine years. I'm okay with you saying Solange. I mean, I'll ask Bay if it's cool because we're, we're close. Yeah. For the so, younger people out there, Destiny's Child had a huge hit. Uh, set to the sample of a Stevie Nicks song, Bootylicious. I don't think everybody knows that. It's kind of forgotten this segment of her career. Everybody knows Bootylicious. Really? I don't know. Yeah. It's a long time ago, old man. It's true. (laughs) This is 15 years old. Forget it. Um, Why Control? Let's pump this up. Wait, we finished with the story? I think we're close enough. So then Beyonce and I dated for like six months. Yeah, there it it is. That was the fun. This is an incredible song. Let's listen to uh, Why Control. So back to my track track listing obsession. Um, Maps, which is on my top five songs of the century, maybe. And Why Control being back-to-back tracks nine and ten on this album. I guess there's something punk about it. But to me, they're the best two songs on the album, and it's not close. The two most radio-friendly songs. And they're kind of just not even at the end of the album. They're just kind of put in prime MFR territory, mm-hmm. which is kind of a audacious move in retrospect and that has always jumped out to me well you love numbers yeah it's very punk it's very like who cares because they had to know that maps was a hit and that this song was extremely catchy with a great hook it's funny though because we always say that like when we talk about these like huge singles on this podcast but like do they know honestly like you never know like obviously in retrospect maps was a huge single but like did they have any idea Maybe her name was Karen No, because she knew things. Oh, you're doing it with the, but then the yes. O stuff. Doesn't K and yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. How about that? I'm down with that. I love Y Control, and that might come up in a little bit. All right, here's the penultimate track. Uh, this is a slow burner, as I recall. Modern Romance. You liked how Karen sounded during Black Tongue. How about when I said Modern Romance? Did the same exact thing for me. Nice. I like slow burners. Shout out to the slow burners out there. Yeah, it's a good way to know. It would have been good if the song would have started. It's a really slow burner. Okay. Shout out to the slow burners. Okay, go ahead.
You know I like making um, breakup mixes, Bob. You love that. <laughs> it's a very sad, sad thing to do when your relationship is over. Uh, but then you make a mix CD after the relationship ends. In some ways, uh, some people call me the Jackie Robinson of uh, post-breakup mixes. Like people have said that. It's been talked about. <clears throat> some people out there. I'm just uh, going to let you say with that. Yeah, <laughs> Modern Romance. If if I were uh, still making s- these type of CDs, uh, hopefully I'd never have to again. I love you, dear. Why did you put if in quotation marks? <laughs> um, <laughs> air quotes. Air quotes. Yeah. Shout out to air quotes. Modern Romance would be a good one. It would be. It's true. It's, uh, yeah, This I don't really remember this. but Oh, you don't? Yeah, this not one, really. Maybe because yeah. I think I remember this because I was so obsessed with Maps and Y Control that it kind of kept me invested in the back end of the album. It's a very fatalistic song, uh, which leads us to the final track. Uh, I The song title is interesting. It's called Poor Song. I don't know if I remember it. Let's listen. Settle down, Bob. Is this the Where the Wild Things Are soundtrack? She was on that, right? That was her whole thing. She did the whole thing. It's great. Really? Yeah, she scored it. Baby, I'm afraid. That's funny because the only thing I remember, because I never saw the movie, but I remember the commercials being, the the trailer and everything be, being fairly affecting, but it's because of uh, they used the Arcade Fire song, Wake Up. Yes, they used the Wake Up. And then in the movie, it's her and a bunch of kids singing. And the movie was pretty terrible. I didn't remember the... I didn't... wasn't like... I didn't grow up on the book, so I had no connection to it. The movie did it, was it not faithful? Yeah, it was... I mean, the source material? There's nothing in the book. The book Spike Jones directed it, right? The book is a kid's book that's like 34 pages long, so there wasn't a lot to work with, but as a movie, it just didn't work. My um, one of my favorite soundtrack songs and one of my favorite movies of the last ten years was Her, which is another Spike Jones movie that Karen O contributed to. Interesting. Wonder what their connection is. They dated. Did they? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, makes sense. Uh, the Moon Song. Check that out if you want to do a um, a great kind of like slow burner from Karen O. The Moon Song is a great song on the Her soundtrack. Anyway, all right, Bob. Here we go. That is Fever to Tell. Now it's time to add to our Spotify playlist. And, uh, you know, you threw a song out there earlier that I was a little surprised to hear. Um, I don't, I'm curious if you're sticking with it. And uh, maybe you want me to go first? I do. Okay. I was going to say um, we try not to be basic bitches. Um, so I know I shouldn't say maps. No, I'm not. I would not allow you to say maps. I know you really want to. I really want to say it because I think it's that special song, and I don't know if everyone. Because one thing we've learned through this podcast is a lot of these great albums from 10, 15 years ago, people haven't discovered them yet. So it's like, why wouldn't I point them to my one of my favorite songs of this uh, past twenty years? But I won't. I won't because I, I don't want to get into a a fight with Bob, old Bob throwing around his right hook and his left hook and his uppercut. What a fighter! At five foot two, <laughs> five. still a good fighter, <laughs> despite the years of heroin abuse and the sex addiction. <laughs> By the way, "Poor Song" was a hidden track. 
Oh, was it? Okay, yes. well, that makes sense. Moder- yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. You know, sometimes Apple Music gets yes, a little too cute, and they don't let you know that. Anyway, uh, so I will nominate Why Control. Um, uh, probably my second favorite uh, song on the album is Why Control, and I think it's a perfect encapsulation of every- everything that's great about the AAS, and it's got a great hook. I think it would fit nicely on our playlist, so I'll nominate it, but I am open-minded on the issue, Bob. <sighs> Well, coming in tonight, I was when I looked at Fever to Tell and saw Y Control on there, I had forgotten about what a great song it was, and I was excited to hear it again. And I was like, oh, how could it not be that? Because it's so good. But fuck you, Dan Hansis. <laughs> nice. Fuck you, because, uh, yeah, we can't not do it. I didn't want to do it. I would not normally sign off on this. Okay. But Maps is just so good. Whoa! It's yes, so Bob. Good. I, I did not plan on this. Yes, and I might regret it when I look I at the podcast, so but I don't this. think I will because it's just so good. It's the best song on our playlist. I'm gonna go crazy about this right now. I'm so happy. Just the point you made about maybe. I mean, everybody's heard the song. It's impossible not to have heard this song, but it fits in the playlist. I mean, how could it not? It's how could perfect. it not? Uh, there you go, Bob. I'm proud of you. One of your greatest moments in our time <laughs> together as friends. Uh, maps added to the Spotify playlist to find the Spotify playlist and please subscribe to it. Uh, go on Spotify, dumbass, and hit uh, type in uh, the throwback. Don't, don't do that, just follow us on Twitter at throwback. No, no, do what I said. No, no, go no, no, through no. it w- no, no, step no, no, by no, no, step. No, 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 Why? no, no, what? What? Yeah, you can do that too. Um, at throwback pod on Twitter. By the way, you know, they got Bob's their name, lying to you. you know, they got their name, yeah, yeah, yes, because of like New Yorkers, they go like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's like their thing. That's how they got their name. Podcast is over, Bob. Enough. No more. That's what, that's no what more they bits. do. No more, no yeah, more yeah, tidbits. Yeah, yeah. It's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. So you're saying people can get it on our Twitter handle, at ThrowbackPod. At ThrowbackPod on Twitter. Follow us. We'll tweet it out. We'll send you right over to it. Beautiful. And again, if you could help us out, the one thing we ask is that you, uh, on iTunes, give us five stars. Continue this project with you in mind, in our hearts and in our minds. They don't love you like I do. Let's move on. End it. They don't love you like I do. Let's move on. That was a headgum podcast.